Absolute Radio Country is filled with the best sounds from Nashville 24 hours a day. But even we can't fit in everything. You'll find the full story right here. This is Country Music Talk, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of country music. Hello, I'm Balin Leonard. Welcome along to another edition of the Country Music Talk podcast. I'm on the radio every single weekday on Absolute Radio Country. If you want some country music in your life, I'm there for you with the no-repeat guarantee, where we promise to never play the same song twice in your workday between 9 to 5. So, you can find us on DAB Radio in the UK, or you can just tell your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. Now, let's catch up with uh, somebody from this side of the pond who's making a splash over in Nashville. It's Jordan Harvey. This is the Country Music Talk Podcast from Absolute Radio Country. It's Absolute Radio Country. I'm Balin Leonard. My guest today, rising star of country music, grew up in rural Scotland, listening to the likes of Johnny Cash and Kenny Rogers, now making a name for himself in Nashville, Tennessee. Jordan Harvey, welcome. Good to see you again. Good to see you too, mate. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. Last time we saw each other in person, I think uh, I think you were with King Calloway, but, but you've been doing your own solo thing for quite a while now, and you've moved over to Nashville. When did you move over? So, actually, I've been in Nashville for roughly about five years now. Okay, um, so were you in Nashville, were you living in Nashville when you were with King Calloway as well? Yeah, I Got literally it. one day, I had just finished a television show in the UK with Gary Barlow, which was a dream come true, because I'm actually also a huge Take That fan, which is, that thanks to my mother. Always which television show? Nice. Which television show? It's called Let It Shine. He ran that, and I, was a, I became a finalist on that show, which was super amazing. And I remember I'd moved back to my mom and dad's house, and I'd always kind of gone away from my mum and dad's and I'd lived in Sweden for a little bit and kind of my brother was living in Germany so I tried my hand in there and then back to London and eventually this time when I went back my dad and I were just having a a drink and my dad is a man of few words but he just turns to me and he goes because they kind of branded me on that show as the country guy because I really got my message across which I was super grateful for and my dad just looked at me and said now's the time I think you need to go to Nashville and I looked at him and I said well for a start I don't have a visa I don't have any money. He's like, doesn't matter. We'll get your plane tickets. But you're like, you know, your mom and I support you. Just go out there, figure it out. So my family chipped together some money and I just went out there and started sleeping on folks' sofas until I got my first gig playing in Honky Tonks. So it was pretty crazy how I actually even got here and how my whole story unfolded, to be honest. But it was on a whim. How great as well, though, that your parents are so supportive, whether it's Nashville or somewhere else, when somebody's wanting to leave home, you know, the parents might not quite be ready for their kids to move to the other side of the world. But your dad was like, you've got to do this. He recognized that that that's where you needed to be, clearly. I think so. And just so everyone knows, I do have a great relationship with my parents. Not many parents tell their kids to be like, hey, yeah, get on that plane and fly to the other side of the world. Yeah. But they were... uh, they were super supportive and they could see how badly I wanted to be in country music. And I've always had this conversation with my parents. And I'm sure, you know, you would agree with me here. You have to pay a great deal of diligence to the to the genre because it's American country music. And people over here in the South are very patriotic about their genre of music. They love yeah. it. It's part of their culture as much as folk music is part of mine. And I knew that to be taken seriously in this in, in this format and in the genre, although I listened to it my whole life, although I sang it, although I played it, you know, I, although I lived that lifestyle to a certain extent, I knew that I had to be in the South, submerged in Southern culture to figure out really, okay, what is it? And it didn't take me long from being here when I realized, okay, it's not that different from being home. Southern mm-hmm. culture is good old British hospitality, you know, grandma's cooking is awesome. And uh, everyone is so kind here and everyone is so welcoming and embraces you here and wants to see you succeed. And the other thing I found out as well is everyone in America loves British people. So we're, oh my God. we're off to uh, the Particularly races. Scottish as well. And, and every, yeah. you know, 
I would say like 90% of Americans at least claim to have Scottish heritage. A hundred percent. Even when I got in an Uber, you know, you get the guy being like, I'm Scottish. And I'm like, you're <laughs> yeah. not really Scottish, but. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The, the actual, you know, being from, being from East Tennessee and the Appalachian Mountains and all that, like our culture is very rooted in, in, in Scottish culture and Irish and, and, and English and the rest of it. But, but Scottish in particular, you know, I mean, we even have a Highlands Festival where I'm from. When you get to the music part of it, and we've talked about this before, I mean, absolutely, its origins are, you know, in Scotland and, and, and Ireland and England. But, but in, in Scottish in particular, the origins are there. And also just the way, um, like you were saying, like the hospitality, the culture, very similar in that way. But also, certainly when you get towards East Tennessee and into the mountains, it looks a lot like Scotland. Whenever I go to Scotland, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm driving through, there are parts of it that I think, this looks so much like where I'm from. So while you must have had a little bit of a, a culture shock and maybe you get homesick from time to time, also there's a lot of things there to remind you of home, I would think. A hundred percent. I will tell you the first time I ever went to Dothan, Alabama, that was absolutely hands down a culture shock. That was a completely different uh it was just the most bizarre experience because I've never done I've done small town Scotland, but mm. I feel like still small town UK in general you're still pretty close to like a major city. Sure. This is like nine hours from any type of major city and you're just literally in the boondocks. It's the craziest thing. But once I got down there, and I, I mean, I feel like I learned a lot about Southern culture being down in Alabama for the last kind of three years because although Nashville is still considered the South, it's still very fast moving. Now. It's a major city. Yeah, like, it's a city. Nashville it's a, it's an international yeah. city, yeah. It is, man. It's like Austin. It's like Austin, Texas now. You know, it's it's such a, a big built-up city that you, you kind of don't get that. Unless you go to like Bristol, Tennessee, you don't really get that real, you know, southern part of of, of, um, of Tennessee. So being there in Alabama has definitely been like a culture shock. But now I feel like I just live it. I love it. I love going there to Alabama whenever I get the chance when I'm off tour to, to hang out with the missus and her family. So it's, uh, but no, it's great. Dude. I, I love being here over in, over in America. So we always say you're from rural Scotland, but where exactly are you from? So I grew up in a little town called South Queens Ferry, which is right on the board. It's right on the water between which splits Edinburgh and Fife. I went back recently to visit family and I'm like driving around being like, what happened to the fields? Like, where are they? <laughs> like... They're all got houses built on them now, you know? But when I grew up in, in South Queens Ferry, it was very much like we didn't have iPhones. We didn't have tablets. We didn't have this. It was go out and kick a ball with your mates and, and run through the fields and get up to mischief. Like that was my... Yeah upbringing i didn't grow up in the city a real treat for me and my and my brother would be like when my mom and dad would take us into the city to like visit one of my grandmas or you know to go for a carvery or something like that so like when we oh, love city, a carvery like, oh my god i miss it so much mate toby carvery is where it's at but if you look at her in the city be like this is madness um, so yeah, I grew up in South Queensferry and, you know, what a great little turn to, to grow up in though, for sure. Mm. Yeah, my other half's family uh, is in Glasgow, so I, I go up there fairly frequently, but obviously that's a major city as well. But I love getting into the countryside of uh, of Scotland. One of my favorite places, Scotland. I love it. So uh, congratulations on the EP. It is what it is. That came out earlier this year. It was very well received. Uh, and that must have felt really great for you as kind of your first, you know, proper big solo thing. For sure, mate. I, um, you know, I've worked on this record for the past like two and a half years behind closed doors and it's crazy because i had to kind of like you know condense it down to these five songs and i wanted to come out with a with a little ep that represented me the best it possibly could with within these five songs but 
I mean, mate, my catalogue now is 300, 350 songs deep in the last three years. It's nonsense. Wow. Like, I just went on this, like, tear of writing. And I suppose if you're in Nashville as well, you're constantly writing anyway. Like, that's what people do there all the time. Absolutely. And I was kind of lucky. I mean, to me, the, the pandemic was a blessing and a curse because, you know, obviously it was a difficult time for everyone and people lost loved ones, including myself. But the positive side that I took of it was, I did get the chance to slow down and I did get the chance to reflect on my life as a whole because I feel like when you're writing music, it doesn't always have to be about the present situation that you're in. It can be about, you know, that first girlfriend that broke your heart or, you know, growing up in that small town or whatever it was. Like, so it allowed me to really slow down and just focus on, okay, who am I as an artist? What I want to say as an artist and then start to create this music. And it's so funny, man, that the five songs that made that record were written in the most bizarre places. It wasn't like I was just sat there to write a song. These ideas came to me in random moments. And that's why I called it is what it is because like the whole EP, there's vocals on that um, EP from my mom and dad's house back in Scotland when I wrote I Will, for example. Um, There's vocals from it and the the whole Alabama Girl vocal was done in my girlfriend's mom and dad's basement closet. Oh, that's great. Because presumably it's actually about her. And so to do it in, in her parents' closet in Alabama... Uh, it seems to make yeah. a lot of sense there. I had this idea, this concept. I jumped on um, a Zoom call with Kevin Bard and Andy Albert, two of my dearest friends, great writers. Uh, we wrote the song. Kevin does production. He produced, co-produced like a bunch of the songs on my EP um, as well. He sends me this track really quick. He's like, dude, right up when we got off the phone, he's like, I think this is great. I rush downstairs, jump into the cupboard, close the door, sing this vocal, throw it back to Kevin. He sends me the song. And that night I'm sitting having a drink and I look to my girlfriend and I'm like, I am just about to get the most amount of boyfriend points you can imagine right now. And I played <laughs> the song and she loved it. And then when we came to actually cut the song, I was like, I can't beat that vocal because there was so much excitement in my vocal. And I was so excited about getting mm. to sing that in her house in that moment. So um, yeah, it is what it is. is why it's called that because this is just like, it isn't, we went to our studio and we religiously cut five songs and we put them together and we mixed them, we threw them out. I'm like, no, nah, there's like guitar parts that I did on an iPhone. Like some right, of the guitar yeah. parts for me just recorded them into an iPhone. And then we took it into the studio, got some players. So that's what it is, man. It is what it is. And we should say that she is now your fiance. So congratulations on that as well. Lots going on in your life. Yeah, cheers, mate. I don't know how I managed to do that one, but it's uh, I'm very lucky and, and she's awesome. And she's uh, super supportive about, you know, the music stuff and, and gets it because she's in entertainment too. So it's, it's kind of awesome to kind of be doing that together. So the new single is called Along for the Ride. We're loving that. This seems like perfect thing for summer. Nice little summer anthem. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, again, I wrote that driving from Alabama to Nashville. I had this this concept where my missus was like singing in the in the passenger seat. Uh, I think she thinks she sounds a little bit like Celine Dion, but it was definitely questionable. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember just looking at her and saying like, I might just have my hands, or I might have my hands on the wheel, but I'm just along for the ride. And I called my buddy James McNair straight away and I said, buddy, we need to get in the studio tonight. I'm on my way. Can you be there in like three hours? And he said, yep. Called my mate Jason Massey, who actually produced and and co-wrote that with me. And we jumped in and we wrote that song in about an hour. So another thing that is exciting that has happened, Grand Ole Opry debut. I mean, this is such an amazing thing. And and also, um, how great that you wore a kilt as well. They must have loved it. Like your family must have loved it. It must have been a great night all around. It was amazing, man. Honestly, it was so good from, from start to finish. And it's a very daunting thing, though, I will tell you. Doing the Grand Ole Opry, it's 99% of the gigs, I never get nervous. Like, I just don't get mm-hmm. nervous because I feel like I prepare so well and I try to channel my nerves into like positive 
And I remember as soon as I got got into that circle for a sound check, I was like, oh my God. When you stand in that circle and it's like Grand Ole Opry's down the mic stand yeah. and you're looking out and you're kind of going, this is what I used to watch on YouTube on my dad's sofa, yeah. you know, with my mom and dad. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is bizarre that I'm standing. And my mom and dad are in the crowd of course. watching me sound check. Great. And my mom, my mom's crying and I'm like, thanks, mom. Thanks for making this <laughs> you know? Um, but the whole thing was amazing. And I said to the guys at the Grand Ole Opry, they were like, oh my God, this is phenomenal. You turned up in a kill. And then when I did my performance, I had this like custom jacket made for me, which I was um, really proud of. And then I said to the guys, I said, the next time when I come back, I'll wear the kilt to actually perform. <laughs> I mean, the thing is about the the Grand Ole Opry is if you're into country music, it's something that you've seen so many times on YouTube or on TV. And, um, you know, it is talked about in such kind of revered terms. But I think also, even though it's a big barn of a, of a space, there's something about it that still feels so intimate and as nervous as you must have been making that debut. Um, and, you know, obviously I've, I've never sang on the stage in, in the way that you have at the Grand Ole Opry, but having been there many times and been backstage and all the rest of it, the one thing that maybe helped put your nerves at ease was that everybody is so nice and everybody is so excited, particularly for the people making their debuts. Did you feel that when you got there? Like everybody's so supportive. Even the people that have done it hundreds of times that might be on the bill, when you're making your grand old Opry debut, everybody is cheering you on. A hundred percent. Everyone, absolutely everyone is behind you. And I think that like that that in itself is so um, so calming, right? To have mm. that presence around you. Where everyone's like, you got this, you got this, you got yeah. this. And, the, and on top of that, what I can say is like, you know, for any artist that has a dream of whatever they want to do, the biggest thing that you can ever do is prepare. And I know that sounds so like cliche, but it is like I slogged away in rehearsal spaces weeks prior to that up, right up until it to the point where like, I, I could think about, a, a, you know, the, the price of a tin of beans in Yugoslavia, as Liam Gallagher once said, and <laughs> stand there and sing the song top to bottom and not even think about it. So when I got on that stage, I was, a, I could feel my hands kind of trembling a little bit. And mm -hmm. I knew that I, I could kind of, I, I knew inside myself, I was like, okay, here comes, the, here comes the adrenaline, here comes the nerves. But because I prepared so, so well, after like three seconds, my whole body just fell into it. And I just was allowed to enjoy the moment which was really great because I have been in moments before where I've not been as prepared. And sure. and also it's hard to be present. It's hard to, when something like that is going on. The one thing that you want to do is remember it, you know, and sometimes everything else takes over and, and you come off and it was a complete blur, even if you were amazing. So it sounds like you were actually able to be in the moment, which is a great thing. A hundred percent, mate. And honestly, being surrounded by such a, Nashville such a small community and I've got such a, a large group of friends and artists here and every single one of those artists who've made their Grand Ole Opry debut told me live in the moment because I can't even remember mine. So I was very lucky to get given that, um, you know, advice prior to going in because I just kept that in my brain. I was like, you're prepared. So that's out the window. I don't even need to think about that. We're good. The voice, I'm not sick. So we're all in a happy place here. <laughs> We've got this. Family's We've there. got this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, just live in the moment and really like cherish it. And I just remember looking around and as soon as I finished the first song, I, I remember I, I, you know, grabbed the mic, took off the stand and I said, you know, Grand Ole Opry, thank you so much. Um, and I've wanted to say this for my whole life. And I just said, mom, look, I'm on the screen at the Grand Ole Opry. And I could just like look out at my mom in that moment and be like, this is crazy. So I really did. I can remember that. So I really did just live in the moment 
of that time and it was super special and i can't wait to go back like you know i, I feel like we're well up here we're, we're working on getting me back there so it's uh it's exciting times man super exciting oh it is exciting times and it's so great to catch up with you um along for the ride is the single from the ep it is what it is uh jordan harvey just before we let you go are you coming back to the uk are you going to do any shows here anytime soon absolutely so i think what we're going to be doing is we're going to have a pretty hectic year um this year but right up until the end of the year however i am toying with the idea and my manager is probably going to kill me once he hears this but i am toying with the idea of trying to do a show in scotland just a one-off yeah of course you have to all that well i'm getting married in january so all the americans are coming over so i think it'd be really cool there's we're starting to build a scottish audience through tiktok which is really really cool and i'm, I'm frequently getting messages and comments saying when you come and when you come and when you come in so um i definitely think about doing that in scotland in december and i have a couple of artists friends that if you like country music you'll know who they are too but i won't i won't give anything away okay. you can come and do, do do a show with me as well and obviously would absolutely love to have all you guys come up for that and um truly man like thank you so so much for supporting the record it means the world to me my dad called me and said hey that bailin guy you know he just spoke on the radio and gave you like such a nice like talk and, talk <laughs> and stuff like that so um for for a fan and fan of you guys of absolute radio thank you so much for supporting the single because for me is such a big thing when when you do have do have a champion so yeah thanks guys for for supporting the record it means the world hey that's our pleasure we absolutely love it uh great to catch up with you and um listen we'll see each other when you're over if we don't see each other when i'm over in nashville but we look forward to it either way when you come over here mate uh, it's cliche but we're going straight to the british pub we're having a pint of lag and a bag of i'm all chat about life i'd love that great thank you. you thanks for taking the time and we'll see you real soon anytime mate cheers the country music talk podcast from absolute radio country an in-depth look behind the scenes at the world of country music Thanks so much for listening to the Country Music Talk podcast. While you're here, if you haven't already, just hit subscribe. And that way you'll never miss all the latest interviews with the biggest guests in country music and the rising stars as well. We love them too. I'll see you on the next one. If you enjoy the Country Music Talk podcast, chances are you'll also enjoy Absolute Radio Country. It's the place where real music matters. And we love country music just as much as you do. You'll find us online on the free Absolute Radio app on digital radio throughout the UK. Or just ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. 